Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the 13th episode of the Limerick Junior Soccer Focus. I'm Adrian Finnan, joined once again by Aidan Ryan this evening. Another packed schedule uh, this evening for myself and Aidan to get through. FEI fever sweeps over uh, Limerick this week, that's for sure, with five of the District League sides in action uh, this weekend. Before we get on to that, Aidan, we obviously have a, a, a match to, to run the rule over from last Sunday. I know that you were at the fixture yourself between uh, Pike Rovers and Fairview Rangers, which was a top-of-the-table clash. We really built it up, Aidan, and when that happens, you know, the old commentator's curse comes on it, a stalemate, nil-all draw at the Pike Grover Sports Ground on Sunday morning. Yeah, not, not only was it a nil-all draw, Adrian, there was barely a chance in the whole match. It was, <laughs> uh, if, you, if, if we were looking for a top-of-the-table entertainment, you weren't going to get it at the, at the bitterly cold Pike, Pike Field on Sunday morning. Very disappointing game. Um, obviously, both teams... We'll be happy with the point in the end, Adrian, because it's a fixture you cannot afford to lose. Uh, given that it's a derby game, given that it's a top of the table clash, but some very poor fare on on view for I'd say a crowd of about maybe two hundred there. Um, game never really got going. Uh, defenses on top. Uh, I suppose the big disappointing thing about it, Adrian, was the quality of the passing. Given that, given the quality of the players we have on show. And given the big build-up we gave a lot of them last week, the quality of the passing was well below par. Uh, a lot of balls going astray, a lot of balls kicked into touch. Obviously, teams closing down each other pretty quickly. But, you know, bar, bar Shane Duggan, I didn't see a lot of players on the pitch trying to get the ball down, take a bit of responsibility and, and pass it. And that was the that was the biggest disappointment of, of the of the whole match, I think, that we didn't see that quality. And did it have to feel, Aidan, I know that you mentioned there that, you know, it was a game that neither side really wanted to lose because again they have to play each other twice again in the, after Christmas, you know, in the next round of fixtures. Was it did it have the feel of a game where, you know, it was definitely more of a must not lose than a go and win? Well, well, the, the, well, it was, yeah. But the funny thing about the setup, Adrian, was in fairness to, to Robbie Williams, he set up with a four across the back and he kind of went with a, a 4 3 3. He kind of had Daly McGann and he had Young Doohig in front of the back four. He had O'Neill and Madigan, the full backs. He had uh, Mullins and Lippers, the two center halves. You'd uh, Murphy up top. And then you had Walsh O'Loughlin on the left and you had Owen Henry on the right. So he actually set up with. What, what you would term in pike, pike terms would be an attacking formation. But they never really got going. They didn't create a chance to note in the first half. Um, the, the best chance of the half came after about three minutes, actually. Stephen Bradley for Fairview got down on the right, put in an absolutely fantastic cross in between Lipper and and uh, Pat Mullins. And all Colin Rellis had to do, literally, was let the ball bounce, bounce off his head. He would have gone into the net. But he tried to force it with his head from about eight yards and uh, it went wide. And other than that, we were devoid of any clear-cut chance in that first 45 minutes. It was just play between both boxes. And as I said, the quality of the play was 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 really very poor. The second half maybe improved marginally. Um, again, Fairview didn't create a whole lot. Shane Duggan had a shot from about 25 yards, which grazed the crossbar. Jason Cross actually had a great chance from... from um, from a Shane Duggan free kick. A bit like the goal we saw in the cup match, Adrian, where the ball was sung in from the right. And uh, I thought Gary Neville kind of misjudged it a little bit. Jason didn't realise it was coming to him and kind of bounced off his leg and trickled wide. 
Pike got up a bit of a head up of steam there in the last 10 minutes, created a few corners and free kicks. Aaron Murphy hit the butt of the post and Barr, maybe a Colin Daly header. Other than that, there wasn't a chance in the match. A draw was a fair result, but a very disappointing game overall, Adrian. And I know that both sides will desperately looking to improve their performance going into this Sunday into what most people would term the league as the bread and butter. But you know what, Fairview and Pike, they almost think the FAI is the bread and butter at, at times and it is prioritised by those clubs. They'll certainly be hoping to, to improve the performance, Aidan. But before we move on to previewing their fixtures, uh, the first preview is a, an historic one in many ways. As we discussed before, Somerville Rovers, the first time that this club has reached the out-of-town stages last 64 of the FAI Junior Cup. I was up with Somerville uh, in anticipation of the game last night. I was interviewing their manager, Mark. Blake and the captain Evan O'Grady with those interviews going out as we speak I'd imagine but you know you did the buzz it's brilliant Aidan you know because you know when I'm normally going to games and this isn't the slide against any of the other clubs but the other clubs I go to normally interview in the past have always been clubs that expected to be at that stage this certainly wasn't the case uh, for, for Somerville Rovers I mean Mark Blake was saying that the, you know he thinks it's the biggest game in the club's uh, history and and you know there was a real buzz around the, the training session so Despite the fact that they're um, facing Gory Rangers, who we know are going to be a formidable opposition for them, considering their stature in the last few years of the competition, uh, it promises to be a really big occasion there for Somerville on Sunday. Fantastic occasion for Somerville, Adrian. And as you, you've uh, said already, I mean, it's it's the first time in their history. They've created history for the club. And they're a Division 1A club, so it's a great achievement for them. Really tough game ahead of Madrin. We spoke about it last week. Gory Rangers are a formidable outfit, getting out of town in the FEI regularly the last few years and have built up, built up their club and their squad strength over the last five or six years. They're, I think, currently mid-table in the in the Wexford Premier League. I think they've won two and drawn two, but they're about two or three games behind um, everybody else because they happen to be going well in the FEI. And they also happen to be going reasonably well in the Leinster Junior Cup. Um, they've they've had a couple of tough games in the FEI already. Adrian um, Gorey, they've been away to New York, New York boys in in from the Carlo League, who also regularly, funnily enough, kind of you know hit the last sixty four, hit the last thirty two of the FEI most years. I think they won four three away from home there, so that was quite a, a tough game for them. And they also went away to Freebooters. From Kilkenny mm, again, I, I I think that was away from home and they won two 0 so they deserve a lot of credit for that. I think the last league game they they played um Fort Fort Celtic who were top of the league, well up to last Sunday they were anyway in Wexford and they drew they drew their one all. So their form has been reasonably good and their away form is quite good. So they'll be bringing that in, into into Sunday's cup game against Somerville, but it. No matter what we say, Adrian, it's cup football. And until the end of the 90 minutes, some of us have a chance of creating an upset here. And uh, hopefully Mark will have done a little bit of homework and will have his team right and up for the game. And hopefully they'll get the game played at home in their own pitch. That's actually something I mentioned to, to both parties uh, last evening. You know, with the weather that we're having at the moment, I know that Portland Park 
you know, has went in, has endured tough times in terms of like, even if you look at it only two, three weeks ago, the Myros game was cancelled and the weather is probably similarly bad and now as it was then. So there'll be hopes and prayers from, from the likes of Mark Blake that the, the pitch will hold up because you want to keep that, don't you? You want to keep that tight surface, bring the crowd close to the pitch because if it's on out in UL, I mean, you'd already say that a fancied gory side then will be even more fancied like in this, in this fixture. Yeah, well, Gorey will be used to playing in front of, in in on decent decent sized pitches. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think the UL surface, if they have to go out there, will suit them. Whereas, as you said, and we we flagged it last week, you get that game at home, soft underfoot conditions, tight pitch, fairly partisan home crowd, no doubt uh, bolstered by some some neutrals as well. Adrian, the game is on it at yeah. two o'clock. So you will get some neutrals, and especially then from from the likes of. From prim, Premier A teams and and one A teams, one B teams, they'll be anxious to go there and support uh, some of them. They will need every advantage, every single advantage they can get to uh, to cause an upset. Because as I've said, this Gory team, they have a lot of pedigree, big strong boys can play can play football. And it's only a couple of years ago, Adrian, they got to the last eight of the FEI where they were beaten by uh, Usher Celtic, who got to the final. Usher beat them three two in a fairly titanic struggle uh, in in Dublin, so um, some of them will need uh, will need every advantage they can get, and and the big thing as well, Adrian, can they get that bit of luck on the day? Yeah, absolutely. I know that it, it goes without saying, Ed, but the, the most important period of that game, I suppose, for Somerville. Uh, you know, it's it's a tough 90 minutes, but the most important period will be: can you try and keep it scoreless, maybe for that first half an hour, and then belief may grow. Yeah, you you've got to get to half time. Going into the dressing room, certainly as the manager, Mark Blake, you've got to be going in there saying, listen, we've something to fight for in the second half. You know, if you're going in, keeping a clean sheet, what a bonus that would be, even a goal up, but a clean sheet especially. Massive bonus if you can get into the dressing room at halftime and he'll have something to work from from there and it'll give something for, uh, for the players to fight for. So uh, a huge task from Adrian. It's not beyond them because it's cup football. It's the FBI Junior Cup. You just never know. Yeah, you know, the, you're the old romanticist. We've been through that one before. But as well as that, I know you like to keep maybe a, a tough exterior and you probably didn't like me mentioning it. But, you know, obviously you were giving your own bit of help to, to Somerville as well during during the week. And I mentioned that to Mark Blake, who was very appreciative as well. Yeah, I, I sent him a bit of information. Um, look, I have a good diary of information on clubs around the country and I was only too help, happy to help Mark. He's a good guy, decent guy, works hard. Gets his, getting, getting a lot out of that team, Adrian. You know, they're mm. up near the top of 1A and obviously yeah. promotion is the key for them to get that club back up. They were a Premier team not so long ago, I remember. So it'd be nice to get them back up. And I know Mark is working really hard uh, on the training ground and, and obviously every Sunday. And listen, when you're a manager, it's 24-7. So it was nice to be able to give him a bit of information. Yeah, absolutely. And we do wish Somerville the best luck, as we will with all Limerick teams. And we do have to go on now and move on to probably what is the, the top billing, maybe possibly in the whole of the FAI round, Aidan. But Pike Rovers taking on Peak Villa, two sides in really good form in both of their domestic uh, league campaigns at the moment. Um, Pike Rovers with home advantage. Um, you know, there's there's a threat there for Peak Villa. Um, I don't know if I'm wrong in saying that Matt McEvitt, who was with 3D United, uh, not so long ago was with them, uh, is with them now as well. So that's a threat for Pike. Um, you know, Pike have a lot of experience, as we know, and we've went on about for maybe the last three years, Aidan, but they're apparently a, a youthful, exuberant side here uh, in Peak Villa coming to town. Absolutely. And just to, 
I have to correct you on that. Now, the good news for, for Pike Rovers is Matt McKevitt has gone abroad. Oh, so he left he'd been missing Sunday. So that'll be nice information for Robbie Williams. But uh, yeah, listen, I, I think I said to you last week, Adrian, I've seen a lot of Peakville over the last two years. Very, very good football team. Really good football side. Not so sure the weather will suit them this time of year now with the heavy, heavier ground. And, and as I said, the grass not cut to its barest. But play a lot of good football. Like the play out from the back. Um, very, very young team. Average age, I'd say about 22, 23. Have a couple of all-stagers there. I mentioned Mike Ryan last week who played with us at Jamesborough who's still playing his trade in the middle of the field. And I haven't seen him recently. He's playing exceptionally well for them. They also have an experienced centre half, Alan Lee, who's been there a long time. He's in his late 30s, so he could possibly start as well. A lot of threat on the flank, a uh, lot of pace in the team. I think, Adrian, you're right. They've won their five games in the league, haven't they? Yeah. I think they're yeah. in the league five games. The big win of note in the FBI so far was they beat Clamwell Town 1 0, which is a massive game. And tip, it's, you know, you've, you've that trio of, of Pete Villa, St. Michael's, and Clamwell Town, and, and sometimes Clamwell Celtic, who, who are also there or thereabouts. So to come away with a clean sheet there and beat Clamwell Town 1 0. Is no mean achievement, and they'll be coming up here with a lot of confidence. As I said, a lot of good players in the team: Daylock Nan, Steve Stephen O'Carroll, who's been a fantastic player for years. So they'll be a they'll be a real threat. But Pike, it's we said before, it's in their DNA. This competition yeah. didn't play particularly well last Sunday. Do you know what? Though it'll be a great motivational thing for Robbie Williams coming into this Sunday, knowing that they can uh, up their game hugely from what they did last week. Yeah, and speaking of up in their game, whatever about last week, I think maybe last year's final performance might be still uh, fresh in the mind of some of those Pike players, Aidan, because I don't think they turned up at all on the day and they'd know that themselves. It was a really disappointing performance against Villa, who, you know, despite their stature, were definitely there for taking. It's just Pike didn't really create anything on the day. I know that they'll, they'll be desperate, obviously, to, to get back, but, you know, know they know how much of a task they have. But it's built, their, their whole team seems to be built, as we mentioned before, totally on defence and obviously getting themselves up for games like this. Even if you look at it, Aidan, on the point of view of their matches, I know they lost Fairview in the Munster Junior, but you look at the league, they got a nil-all draw against Fairview at home, who were also flying. They won one nil away in, in, against Ashing and Akadi, who'd be obviously a top four as well. They've only conceded the one goal as well. And as we've mentioned lots of times, they do tend to win these tight games. And I assume, you know, this game on Sunday will be no different. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I suppose I should have mentioned as well, Adrian, with the game last Sunday, the performance of Pat Mullins, who gave an art or, or uh, an exhibition in the after defending. He just, was in the, just in time for the FAI as usual. He, he was absolutely outstanding at the back in terms of how he covered covered his other centre half, how he dealt with situations himself, his tackling, his heading, his reading of the game, and his leadership qualities on the pitch, non-stop talking to the players around him. And and to be fair, their back four did reasonably this did reasonably well defensively and that they didn't give up too many chances to Fairview. I would have a question mark about the full backs and that they didn't get forward that much and didn't overlap, especially when you're playing a four and you're playing maybe a tighter three in midfield. Mm. But Pike have, have built their team on not conceding goals. And when you don't concede goals, Adrian, you have a great chance of winning matches and you can nick one from play. And, and a big thing with Pike is set pieces and they look really dangerous again last Sunday, especially in the last 10 minutes from from uh, set pieces and uh, I think that physicality could turn the game from this Sunday because I don't think Peak are as physically strong as Pike are 
And Pike can grind you down in matches if they stay in them. And in those last 15 or 20 minutes, you know, you could get a set piece or they could get on the end of something that will hopefully win them the game. Because at the end of the day, we want to see our Limerick teams progress in the FAO Junior Cup. Absolutely. And it goes without saying, we've just mentioned the defence, but, you know, you need to score goals to, to win games, obviously. But you've Cullen Walsh Lachlan there and Stephen McGann. You mentioned, obviously, that there wasn't much quality in the game last week. You really will be hanging your hat in the likes of those two players in particular in an attacking sense to, to get you over the line uh, this Sunday. Yeah, and we, di- we, di- we didn't see any of it last Sunday, Adrian. I have to say, you now, Walsh Lachlan, Owen Hanrahan, Colin Daly, who's as fit as I've seen him in a long time. Colin Daly, I thought he was in great nick. Steve McGann, we didn't see any of that last Sunday. We didn't see any of that creativity. We didn't see enough third man runs into the box. We didn't see enough one-on-ones down the wings. It was it was disappointing, though, from an attacking point of view. Now, I can't take away from the work rate. The work rate was absolutely fantastic from every player in that point, in the point jersey. But we just didn't see enough going forward. I'm, I'm expecting a huge improvement Sunday afternoon, to be honest with you. I think they'll uh, they'll create a bit more from play, hopefully. And they also have that threat, as I said, from from the set piece. Yeah, and that's the the end of the the preview for the home sides. Two of those sides are both at home. Two o'clock kickoffs in in the games at Crossagala and in Portland Park as well, uh, we hope, on Sunday. So now we're moving on to the the three sides who are all given away fixtures. And Fairview Rangers... Um, I, I don't know if I'm being misspoken here, Aidan, in saying that Fairview will be heavy favourites going into their game against Manola because I don't know anything about their opposition, to be fair. It's just given the history and the pedigree of Fairview in the competition, you would probably expect the Limerick side to go through. Yeah, I would, I would have them as heavy favourites as well, Adrian. As I said to you already, Manola are kind of out of season, so they've, hmm. they've been trying to play some friendly matches and stuff like that. They've played a, a couple of FAI during the Cup games, obviously. But they've had decent wins now, Adrian. They beat Carberry 3 2. I think they were at home in that one. And again, Carberry are another team, always hitting the last 64, always kind of getting out of town normally, you know. So a decent victory there. Also beat Westport, which which is a good win as well. That was away from home. Because um, Westport are, are uh, also a team that regularly get to the last 16, last 32 of the FBI Junior Cup. They're a Manola are normally mid-table team, Adrian. Finished, I think, around six this year, but conceded a lot of goals. Conceded 35 goals in their 18 league games. You know, that's two goals a game. Now, I know it's, I know that's league form, but that can affect you as well if you're not having a good day in the FBI during a cup. You know, if you're struggling in a match, that the fact that you're, you're liable to concede those goals isn't a help to you. Um, and the other thing, Looking at their results, is that they've? I think they only won two games at home this year in the league, so their home farm wasn't wasn't particularly good, and um, and towards the end of the season, they were, they were wobbling a little bit. I, I actually think they gave a walkover in one of the matches. Now since then they've changed manager and they've a new manager in there, and by all accounts he steadied the ship a bit, and brought in a couple of new guys, new players, and they're looking a little bit a little bit better. There's no doubt that they'll be up for the match. And the setup in Manola is very good. Fairview will have no complaints about that. Very good pitch, very good facilities. See, I think there's a seat to stand there now as well. So um, it has all the makings of a, of a decent cup tie, but you would expect the experience of Fairview to come through that, given Fairview's form and especially given the threat to have, uh, to have up front. Yeah, certainly. And I know obviously this season it's Paul Denner's first stab at the job and obviously first stab at an FAI uh, Junior Cup run as well. 
Um, in years gone by, I think I mentioned this to you before, maybe on a podcast at the very start of the season. In in years gone by, Fairview Rangers, it's a funny one. I've always said to you that you know, obviously your league is your bread and butter, but as you can tell by Fairview's long drought in the the league, you know, it's been it's been a long, long time for Fairview. They normally put all their eggs in the baskets of the FAI Cup. And I always noticed, even when I was younger, you know, and you'd know players on, on the Fairview team and the likes, that, you know, the season seemed to ebb away from Fairview whenever they were knocked out of, of an FAI Junior Cup. I don't know what it was. I know we talk about DNA, and that seemed to be part of it maybe as well. Um, but, you know, it goes without saying, Aidan, that even though they're heavy favourites, even if they weren't heavy favourites, Fairview need to be in the FAI Junior Cup after Christmas. Very, very important, certainly for all the top top clubs in the in, in, in our league, that your season goes on after Christmas in terms of the National Cup and the Provincial Cup. And uh, listen, this is no different to Sunday. I think they'll come through the game. I think they'll certainly have enough going forward to come through the match. I I have questioned their back four. I have to say last Sunday, I thought the back four played, played reasonably well. Maybe question, question marks about the full-back positions. But certainly a centre-half, Jake Dillon, and in my opinion, the most improved player in the league, Jason Cross, absolutely outstanding at centre-half last Sunday, Jason. I thought he had a brilliant match in terms of how to defend and his willingness to put his body on the line. Um, in terms of, of the league, Adrian, you know, I think it's over 20, is it, it's at least 20 years, I'd say. 15, 20 years. I think 2003 was the last time Fairview, so we're on 20 years this year, yeah. Yeah, and listen, before that, it was, it was like a regular trophy for them. I mean... They were still winning FEIs before that and winning leagues, Adrian. Yeah. So mm. there was a major tailing off there in terms of the their I wouldn't say their approach to the league, and but in terms of of how they were doing in the league, and I've no doubt they've been trying to write that. I know Jason Porter was trying to write it last year, and they just they just missed out. Just didn't get over the line, and I thought at one stage they might have, and um, they've had a good start to the league this year. Look at Paul Danner will be. Uh, I think Paul Danner will be making that a priority. But um, you, you always need an FEI Cup run. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I certainly think it will be as important as well with being out of the, the Tui Cup as well, Ed. And as, as you said, there's that's one trophy less that you're involved in then after Christmas as well. So they will be desperate to do that. Um, we'll go on to our next game now, and that'll be a Saturday kickoff, Ed. And, um, Everton. Uh, of Cork obviously facing Ballinanti. We've we've talked about Cork junior football before because of the strength of the Munster Senior League not being particularly strong. Uh, Aidan Ballinanti are third in the Limerick District League Premier Division. Ballinanti, like we've mentioned about some of the opposition that Limerick teams face, like Sigori. Ballinanti are a team, you know, maybe last 32, last 16 most years. Uh, it's fair to say, um, definitely out of town in, in the majority of seasons that I remember. So, you know, going to a team, going to a Cork Junior League side who don't tend to do very well in, in any uh, FEI Junior Cup, they'll they'll be certainly uh, hoping to come away and be in the last 32 with themselves. Yeah, I'd be hoping they'll get through it as well, Adrian. Everton are, are I think, they're top of the junior section of the senior league in the Premier Division there. I think they've won four, maybe maybe drawn one. I think they beat Avondale in the last round of the FEI to get out of the area four 0 So that was an impressive. That was a yeah. That was an impressive victory. Uh, there, they've scored goals regularly in the in the Premier League the last two league games. They beat Crosshaven four 0 and UCC two 0 So they're on a decent run, but I I, I think um I think uh, Bala will have too much for them. It must also be remembered that Everton lost to, to Pike. Uh, fairly heavily at the start of the season there in the Munster Champions Cup wasn't it 3-0 mm. yeah. and certainly Pike wouldn't have been 
anywhere near their best in that match. Uh, they wouldn't have even done much of a pre-season actually before the game. So I, I would expect Bala to come through the game. The only thing that will hamper Bala might be the conditions, uh, Adrian. This Bala team are very young and from midfield up are quite light uh, and would probably prefer a dry, firmer ground. So if the ground is heavy, a bit like the, the Somerville situation, if the ground is heavy, the pitch is tight, could hamper him a little bit. But you would think with the quality of, of uh, you know, Habido, the two Fitzes, Adrian Power, Eddie Burns, Aidan Hurley, you know, in that back four, and Steve McNamara in goal, you would think that uh, David Dunphy and Bella will have enough to come through the game. Obviously, it's a game you can't take for granted and you need to put your stamp in it nice and early, try and get something before halftime to give the home team nothing to fight for in the second half and uh, hopefully come away come away with a, a, a victory. You've got to win the battle first, Adrian. Hmm. That would be the big thing from, you know, the, the conditions down there will be heavy. As far as I know, evidence pictures in the best. So... They will, need, they will need to win the battle first. And listen, Bell are quite capable of doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Hopefully we don't have any referees bowing to the camera either in Cork, as we saw <laughs> on, on an occasion uh, last year as well. But we, we will go off that subject fairly quick. Um, I, there was one thing popped into my head as you were speaking there, and it was about maybe, you know, winning the battle first. And, and it brought about thoughts of, of motivation, Aidan. And obviously I know that you were involved in with, with Jamesborough, a successful Jamesborough side will... It's particularly domestically, but obviously you'd get to, you know, you'd get to your last 32s, last 16s of, of FAIs and the likes. And, you know, the players that you managed, whether it was with that club or with another club in the past, would have all been used to getting to that stage of, of the competition. Um, So, you know, I asked Somerville, was there a different buzz, we'll say, going into this game compared to a league game? But is there a different buzz when you're the type of players like, you know, your likes, your, I suppose, your Aiden Hurley's, Adrian Powers, even uh, James Fitz, who was with Fairview, uh, even Darry Hughes, when they get to that stage every year, you know, is is there a possibility that complacency can creep in in the last 64 because you're expecting to get further on? Or do, you know, it, I suppose, the, is the job really up to the manager to make sure that doesn't set in for the experienced players? Yeah, well, just I, I wouldn't say there's any, any, um, any, any complaints in terms of complacency, Adrian. The only reason you'd be complacent is if you had a couple of FEI medals in your back pocket. And enough, the, yeah. bottom, the bottom line is, any of the players I managed didn't have FEI uh, uh, medals in their back pockets. So that's what it's about. You've got to get that medal in your pocket, and it's the big one. So complacency certainly wouldn't come into it. What I found as a coach and a manager, and I'm sure managing with Shana Hanlon, what we found was on the day you have to manage the game, and all of us, you know, all of us are involved in that. In terms of the players on the pitch, you could be leading a match. How you manage it, how you see it out, can you do that? Uh, if you're behind in the game, can you do the same? Can you not panic, stay in the match, wait for your chance to get back into it? And as managers and coaches on the sideline, we obviously too have a responsibility to see these things, to see can we manage them, can see can we affect the player from the sideline or do our business at halftime because you, you will have your homework done before the game and you will have the players prepared as well as you can. But once once the game starts, you have to try and manage it. And I found certainly, certainly my time at James Brett, even to a lesser extent, I suppose at my time at St. Michael's, when I was over St. Michael's, that... Um, Sorry, I was too young to remember it, that one. Well, we found, <laughs> it hard to, we found it hard to manage games. Sometimes games, we came out of games and we said, 
How did we lose those games? But we just didn't manage them. We didn't concentrate for the 90-odd minutes. We didn't mm. manage them enough. We didn't look after ourselves in the pitch well enough. And I found that to be the biggest the biggest hindrance to going further in it. Yeah, and it goes without saying as well, uh, in that discipline is really, really important. I always remember, you know, maybe when uh, maybe seven or eight years ago, even and I know that they won't like me uh, mentioned them. It's just an example that was fresh in my head. But even Crew Park, when whenever they went to Dublin, now I know we have this, you know, what would we call it? This, um, I suppose, chip on our shoulder in Limerick in general, anyway, uh, about you know the referee may have screwed us when we went to Dublin or or Cork. And sometimes I found that you know that was just you know, excuses like and and for losing the game and losing your head. I mean, it's important to to not be in a position where you're, you know, already looking for excuses when you're going to away uh, to the likes of Cork and when you're going to Dublin. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't do anyone any good, Adrian. You know, you're going to you're going to be bitter about it if you carry that with you all the time in terms of excuses. At the end of the day, look, they're the rules. You know, when you go away from home, until you get, I think, is it to the last eight? Maybe mm. last sixteen is this last eight? You're last going eight. to have home, so you've got to go out there and deal with it. And like you say, you know, there's 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 a few types of discipline, Adrian. There's your team discipline in terms of how you approach the game, what you want your players to do, how the, how you want them to play, and how they enacted on the pitch. But there's also the individual's discipline, how he conducts himself on the pitch, how he reacts to decisions that go against him, and uh, you're no good to the team off the pitch. You're certainly no good to the team getting an early booking because you'll be on the edge for the whole match. And and now and then, fair enough, managers, coaches and players, there's a certain amount of leeway referees and, and uh, linesmen will give you in terms of how you approach them. But there's no point overdoing it because it, it, it only disrupts your team and it only disrupts yourself. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't do any good. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that, um, we know that on Sunday as well, Region United uh, take... Their, uh, go on their travels, excuse me, when they take on uh, Cool Rain. Um, they have, you know, even in recent years, I suppose, they got to the semi-final in 2018 um, and we all know what the result of that was in the end and, and the controversy behind it. But with regional, it's always funny. We've always put them as, I suppose, in the league, I've always put them as a bit of a, a Tottenham Hotspur. I mentioned that to Kieran O'Connell before and that you never knew what regional you were going to get. But it, the only thing is, in the FEI, then invariably, no matter where they were in the league, they'd always get to your, the last 16 or last 32. I mean, surely Sean Russell, even though it's early on in his time with the club, some of these players are experienced and surely they'd be looking at it and saying, um, you know, we, we, we want to be pushing just one better than your last 32s or your last 16s because everyone just expects us to go out in those stages every year. Yeah, it's, it's they'd be looking at that and they have, a lot, they have players with a lot of experience, Adrian, still at the club mm. who have been Involved in all that, uh, the goalkeeper Shire, you've the two Copers, I know one of them is injured at the moment, Tom Frawley, Kieran O'Connell, you know, these fellas have been around the block a few times now and they know what it takes. So there, there's a lot of experience in the dressing room and they have a lot of youthful uh, enthusiasm on the pitch now as well. A lot of talent there. Um, as I said to last week, I'm expecting them to win this game fairly, fairly comfortably. Because they're playing Cool Rain FC from the uh, CCFL, which is the Combined Counties Football League, and they're, they're mm. not, as I said, not even a Premier team. They're a First Division team. They're doing all right in the league. I think they've won two and drawn one or something like that. But you'd be expecting um, you'd be expecting Regional to come through this game, and I'm expecting a, a, an Owen Duff hat trick, as I said last week. 
Oh yeah, no pressure at all on Owen Duff. I was actually going to say whatever about a hat trick. I was going to say that you know we were talking there about maybe the the importance for teams like maybe Somerville, for instance, not conceding because it's the opposite way around here. Obviously, regional will be the team that'll be looking to impose their game. So really, I suppose regional will be looking to get an early goal, settle themselves down, especially away from home, and and then you know they can maybe express themselves like we know they like to. In turn, but the one thing about regional is, I suppose, they better make sure they don't concede early. Because I know they can give you chances when they like to play out from the back like that. Yeah, and that's 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 the thing we've alluded to uh, plenty of times. Um, be interested to see what way Sean approaches the game as well. He he had been playing a three five, a three basically a three five two at the start of the season, but in recent weeks has gone to a four, which in terms of 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 the defense, I think is a better option for him, and he might be a better option away from home, especially. But um, look, I think region will have way too much for this Coleraine FC team. And I'm expecting a few goals and, and certainly a few goals from set pieces and that because I think they're well drilled from uh, set pieces region. So I don't see a problem on, on uh, Sunday for them. Yeah, it would certainly be brilliant to see a clean sweep of, of Limerick wins. That would be that would be something else, I, I suppose, going into the last 32, Ed. And we do wish all the Limerick sides uh, the best of luck. Uh, as we said, FAI Junior Cup fever this week around the town. Two home ties, one at Portland Park, Somerville taking on Gory Rangers, two o'clock, and Pike Rovers taking on Peak Villa, uh, two as well, so in, in the Cross of Gala. So hopefully everyone can get out and, and support uh, the Limerick sides uh, this weekend. And my thanks once again to Aidan for his insightfulness there. Um, going into the, the ties and his homework is well and truly done on the opposition that's for sure uh, hopefully the managers are the same of the clubs involved uh, so we, we hopefully will be discussing uh, a plethora of Limerick Junior wins uh, in the FEI next week thank you